Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. Brandon David, your host as always here. Great episode today with a really exciting new startup called Flower Company. Tony, the founder, just started it fairly recently. It's a Costco for cannabis model. So you pay a membership and then you get great discounts on what looks to be some very quality cannabis. I checked it out. Uh, But it's a story of a new founder trying to raise money, successfully raising money, starting a new business, fighting against the bigger guys in delivery these days. Fascinating story. You're going to love it. Speaking of starting new companies, it's hard and you can't do it alone. And sometimes you need some help and there's nothing wrong with that. We started a new business, producer Eric and I, called Balanced Advisor, and we're here to do exactly that to help you with everything from operations and accounting, taxes. We do video marketing really well. Uh, what else? We we do some capital preparation. So if you need help with a investor landscape, you want us to look at your deck, help you tighten up the performa. We're here to help get your life back, start sleeping again, just get a couple more hours of the day, please let us know, balancedadvisor.com. All right, let's get into the show, guys. Really excited for Tony of Flower Company. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Thanks for being with us, man. Much appreciated. Uh, excited to have this discussion, kind of a different take on the cannabis industry, which is exciting. But let's just start with an easy one. What's the Flower Company? Flower Company is a wholesale membership club for cannabis enthusiasts. Uh, we operate much like Costco with uh, annual membership. Um, the cheaper of the two starts at $79 a year, and that gets you access to wholesale pricing. Um, we sell top brands, uh, everything from Kiva to Bezel. We have in-house flower, and the other quirk is that you schedule a delivery over the weekend for the following week. Mm. Okay, so not on demand, sort of a different than the normal typical delivery, right? And so you said it was 80 bucks or there's a higher package to a membership fee for the year. So like you're signing up for Costco or Amazon Prime or something like that. And then the pricing is quite good. I looked at the website. I mean, there's a lot of high grade cannabis for what I thought was maybe half what the dispensary was, something like that. That's about right. It's we'll say 30 to 50% less. We're marking up things 15%, much like Costco, as opposed to the typical retail markup, which is anywhere between, we'll say 50 to 150%. Got it. And Costco, it has a certain connotation in the world, right? It's, it's bulk, it's not poor quality, but it's not the highest quality, right? Is, is Costco, is that an analogy that you like? It's a great analogy. We don't, ever want to sell the bottom of the barrel flower. We really want to focus on consumers who do buy in bulk, who want that value, who are looking for a a good, high quality product at a very competitive price. Um, And that stems partially from buying in bulk too. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons that I know that buying cannabis, at least in San Francisco today, is so expensive is because the retail taxes that are associated with it. How are you counteracting that so well? So by having the membership, which is the money we need to make to operate, we lower the prices of the products, and by doing so, the tax implications are also less. So 
instead, you know, if you take 30% of something priced at $100, you're, you're paying a lot more in taxes than if that product's at 50. So we always try to <clears throat> operate as, as tightly as possible um, to ensure that we have the best prices um, and keeping that, that tax implication low. Got it. No, that's really smart. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so how is it going today? How many members roughly do you have and what's the feedback like? Are people okay with the sort of new structure and the week before delivery and, and all that? So yeah, the pre-scheduled delivery is, is a radical change, especially in this modern day economy across the board. The trend seems to be toward on-demand everything. We are a small team and we want to focus on consumers who are willing to wait while we're a small team but over time we will tighten that window so instead of ordering over the week for delivery Wednesday or Saturday, uh, sorry ordering over the weekend for deliveries Wednesday or Saturday maybe it's next day much like Amazon Prime that's what we have our eyes on but while we're scaling up and getting our flow locked down it's it's a order over the weekend for three or four day wait yeah, no, I think it's a really smart way to start. Actually, the first episode of Investing in Cannabis was a company called Marvina, which wasn't exactly a membership model, but it was sort of the bulk, like, delayed delivery. And it's particularly smart, I think, because so many delivery companies don't realize that it's not about what they're delivering. It's the logistics and the driver and all these things that they don't take into account. So you've drastically minimized that. Is that something that like you thought about from the beginning? And, and worked into the sort of cogs or was that like, oh, we just need to have a Costco sort of, sort of idea here? So much of the drive and business model was derived from the fact that drivers for delivery companies must be employees, not contractors. Under the current state regulations, we don't view on-demand as a viable business model, largely due to the costs associated with having delivery drivers use their own vehicles doing those routes. On-demand is a really hard business. You add cannabis into it, it's, it's a really hard business. So by doing scheduled delivery, we can lower those costs and our routes are much more efficient because of that where with a 90 minute delivery window, um, on average we can do three to four deliveries an hour, which is fantastic. And over time, we view that as a huge competitive advantage because on-demand largely depends on massive scale, whereas scheduled delivery, you can get away with a lot more uh, early on. Yeah, I think this is a trend that's happening outside of cannabis too, the sort of semi-scheduled delivery. Like if you think about if you have your laundry picked up and they say, oh, pick a window between six or eight or eight or 10, and it's much easier to manage in that way. Um, I also know that you're using a company called OnFleet for your logistics, which is a company I used to work for, so just small plug there. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they're obviously helping you with your route optimization and stuff like that, which is incredibly important. Yep. Um, how do you think that that affects the demographic of your customer? So we, half of it I would say is intentional. We have limited our delivery hours to a ridiculously limited um, time frame. That's partially because of the fact we're still a small team. Right now we're only delivering Wednesday 8 a.m. to 4, uh, 4 p.m., Saturday 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So 
when you think about the types of consumers that can accept deliveries during those times, it's totally skewed toward an older demographic that may be at home for much of a weekday. We viewed those customers as the ones we really wanted to serve first because a lot of those people really are they're price sensitive because they're buying a lot. Uh, we have uh, a laundry list of people with all sorts of serious conditions and they view this as uh, really saving grace. So that seemed like the low hanging fruit in terms of us being a small team uh, and servicing those customers. Over time, we'll be aggressively expanding our windows, but for now, really limited. Got it. And how much are they ordering? Is it really bulk purchases? Yes, so we have consumers who routinely hit all of the purchasing limits um, on a regular basis. It's those people, you know, once again, have serious chronic conditions. You have a ceiling for how much you can buy. You have a yeah. That's the, those are in line with the state Got state limits. Yeah. So if it's recreational, only an ounce can be purchased per day, and with a medical card, it's up to eight ounces. So we like to cater to those customers. They they like us, and we like them. And do you find there are different grades of cannabis on your menu? Do you find that your demographic is gravitating to one side or the other? So we see a, a few different purchasing habits. One is buying the cheapest things we sell in bulk. Let's say we sell a half ounce pre-ground ounce. Um, that's, you know, it's ground up wheat. It's not top shelf indoor or anything like that, but it's strong, gets the job done. Uh, if you're rolling joints or whatever you might be smoking, it's you don't mind that it's already ground up. So we'll see some people buy a good amount of that and then top it off with some of the cool flower, you know, indoor uh, top-notch stuff. We'll see a, f a few different mixes of, of that kind of balance, but I do think consumers often purchase in that way. They buy something for their everyday and then they buy something special for, you know, a friend comes over or something like that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I feel like in a way you're not only competing with other legal cannabis retail, but at the prices that you are, you're competing with what's still a big, big industry is the black market cannabis in California. But at prices of $25 or $30 an eighth, do you see that happening? Are people like, ah, the dispensary's too expensive, but this will work? Yes, so that is our story here, is that we think California has created a, an over-regulated uh, industry that between decriminalizing cannabis and having taxes at over 30% in a lot of markets, when alcohol is less than 10 to my understanding, it, it, there's an imbalance there. So we wanna connect this old school supply that is trying to come to the new market, uh, the new regulated market, and connect them with the consumers that have been purchasing for 20, 30 years, but they're buying in bulk. Right now, if you're getting the same quality or roughly the same quality product from a dispensary as your dealer, and you've known your dealer for 10 years, and it's decriminalized, it doesn't take a whole lot to realize that those consumers are going to remain in the black market until there's something that makes economic sense from a value perspe perspective. So uh, we're of the market, I think it's roughly $12 billion market in California. Two billion right now is white, 10 billion is still black. Mm -hmm. So to bring those 
customers into the market, you have to compete on both price, value, service, and we view this company as, as a way to bring those people into the regulated market. Does that mean that you miss out on some of the first time people? Like it's not quite as accessible, right? You have to sign up, you have to know you want a lot of cannabis for a year. Yes, absolutely. We view those customers, There's, they have a lot of options right now. Uh, delivery services, dispensaries. If you're walking into a store making your first time purchase, that's probably going to be a better experience than seeing a photo of something online and waiting a week. Bud tenders can help them understand what they're looking for. Our site is really limited. It's for people that know what they want, buying in bulk, have no problem waiting. Yeah, we actively don't think we can service those customers as well as much of the competition. Yeah, very interesting take. There's also, for your members, there's a real trust factor that goes into this, right? You you can't pick it up, you can't smell it, and once you make a selection, you're buying a, a good amount, right? Are you selecting the products? How do you make people comfortable with that? We think the most important word surrounding this company is trust. It's something that's not gained easily. It's something that's lost very quickly. We are investing heavily into customer service to ensure that members understand what they're ordering. Uh, they, If they have an issue, they can talk to a human being. We, we view that as part of the family. Uh, when you join, you're part of the family. So if you're a new customer, you don't know what you want, yeah, that's, that's gonna be difficult, but for, for members, they are taking a risk when they purchase a product. When a driver shows up with a bag, obviously it's heat sealed, it's, it's, you can't even open it, and once you do, you have to buy it. So there, there is trust there, and we, we want to make sure that every time you buy it, you're, you're happy with the result. Yep, and how do new products come online? How are you making those decisions? So our distribution partners determine what we sell. So they let us know what they have in stock, and each week we update the menu. And we view this as another way of remaining competitive in a market where there are lots of new products coming to market. So every Thursday I update the menu, and then Friday when members can order, they can see all the new items. And that flow is very limited, but it also ensures that every week we're adding something new or changing it, keeping it exciting. Mm -hmm. One of the economic drivers of subscription businesses like you know, 24 Hour Fitness or Costco is that people sign up for a year, but they don't go every month. They don't use it all the time. Is that something that you're seeing? I have a very, very small percentage of members who have never ordered or uh, have, haven't used the service heavily. Uh, that's not an issue right now. <laughs> got it, got it. So people that find you, they're looking for cheap cannabis. That, that's what they're yep, going to they're, for. Yep, they're coming back, I'd say, every two to three weeks. Every two to three weeks, it's sort of the, and the average that they order is an ounce? Is that pretty typical? An ounce is pretty typical. Um, I'd say the average basket size is somewhere between like 130 to $150. Okay, got it. Wow, that's pretty cool. And where are new customers coming from? You know, how, how do people hear about you? So right now we're pretty quiet in our advertising. It's, it is difficult to bring new cannabis companies to market because of all the restrictions surrounding who can advertise on Facebook, Google, et cetera. So mostly word of mouth right now, but you're about to see a pretty big billboard campaign go live. Got it. 
That's going to be very exciting. Well, billboard campaigns aren't cheap. Uh, where are you with fundraising today? So we've closed our angel round, and that money is being put toward mostly figuring out our playbook in San Francisco and East Bay. So once we are confident we've nailed what we're trying to do here, we're going to bring it statewide. So for the next, we'll say three to six months, really focusing on this market and starting to prep Los Angeles. Um, so this angel round was really just designed to, to help us execute on these small markets. And then the next round will be to help us expand statewide. And when do you expect to raise again? January. January. Okay. Um, tell me about the team. I know you said it was small. What's like the MVP team look like? What do you need to run this business? The MVP team is, I focus mostly on product. I'm coming at this from a product perspective. I've built a good number of software products, both in the educational space and enterprise software space. So that's what I'm bringing to the table, whereas my co-founder is bringing tremendous amount of both experience in cannabis, but also ops and finance background that really rounds out our team. And then we have someone else who's been involved with, uh, with farming for, for a good number of years. Got it. And is there a key person that you'd like to hire next? What's next? We're looking to hire a CMO in the next six months. That will be a big hire. Yeah. It's a difficult position, partially because it's on the cannabis industry is just so different. You need to be familiar with the customer base, the quirks surrounding all the regulations pertaining to advertising. You need to know how to bring something to market with very targeted local region. You're like we can't deliver everywhere. Yeah. So it presents just a lot of challenges that I think the average CMO working at a, a big company that can just advertise online, yeah. very different priorities. Yeah, it's actually a reasonably hard person to find. In San Francisco, there's a lot of digital advertising, which makes sense. And it's surprising to me that old world things like bus ads and billboards are now the way cannabis companies are. There's gotta be a gap there, right? People are like, oh really? Like, we have to do that? It's, it's totally backwards. It's, it's fun and awful because it's unlike anything I've ever done. I'm no expert marketer, but just seeing my options and what I have available, rolling Instagram shutdowns, all these different things just make it really non-obvious. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, let's switch gears here a little bit. I love to sort of connect your work you do with the kind of consumer that you are. Um, we were talking a little bit about how you like your Pax uh, vaporizer. Um, what on your menu do you like? What do you, what do you gravitate towards on, on your own menu? So currently we sell some indoor flower out of Los Angeles from a company named Maven, they, Maven Genetics. They, they have some awesome flower. It, the, the, the terpenes, you can smell them from a mile away. It's, it's awesome. So that's generally what I'm going for. They, we sell a strawberry pie, a tangy, a triple XOG. One of those is clocking in at like 27% THC. Wow. It's strong. It's stinky. It's good. Nice. Nice. Um, and sativas, indicas, do you lean one way or the other? Totally open-minded. I don't think those things mean anything anymore anyway. So <laughs> how about kind of a fun one? You have a favorite like cannabis celeb or 
sort of icon that you look up to? You know, who, who's um, in the culture? Who motivates you, I guess? So I, I play a lot of instruments and I follow a lot of bands and stuff. So I'd say that I just saw Ace Up Rocky at Treasure Island. Nice. That was a sweet show. Yeah. So he, he would be someone, but I don't think he's, he's super involved in weed yet. ASAP. Oh, he's involved. Maybe not legally, but he's involved. <laughs> um, good stuff, man. Well, this has been an awesome interview. I'll give you a couple seconds just to promote whatever you want. The, the company is Flower Company, which I love your name. Thank super you. simple that yep. way, too. Uh, what's the website? Give us Flowercompany.com. Okay, cool. Anything else you're looking for? Uh, you said you're looking for a CMO, but other than that, anything else? If, if anyone has connections to great operations people, we're, we're always hiring on the ops front. Awesome. Well, Tony, thanks so much and good luck. Thank you.